0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Marketing That Works podcast. I'm your host, Drew Bedard, and joined once again this week by my buddy, Leighton Hart. Leighton, how are you? I'm great. It's really cool to be here. Well, we're glad to have you back. There's been, I mean, the endless stream of rave reviews that I get for you now being on the show. I mean, literally, my phone uh, memory cannot keep up with the amount of people who are saying Leighton Hart, he may need to take over marketing that
1: works. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to remember that for when we renew our when we have our contract talks here. In a few That's weeks.
0: right. Yeah. You're already on a big. Uh, yeah. Big bonus structure. So um, first thing off the top, go to ratethispodcastcom dot com slash marketing that works rate this podcast dot com slash marketing that works. And you can rate this podcast on any you know, platform that you uh, that you're on. So there you go. It's an easier way to get get to the marketing that works podcast to rate it. Um, hopefully that will make it easier for folks. So our topic this week, Layton, if you choose to accept the challenge is 2020 marketing trends. It is currently New Year's Day. It's January 1st and 2020. Happy New Year, by the way.
1: Yeah, man. Happy Happy New Year to you. You
0: too. No, no, no. You. Um, so it's New Year's Day. And if you're listening to this in the future, it's New Year's Day right now. So, but 2020 marketing trends, and I made a list, and layton has got a couple that he wants to throw out there, but I made a list, and maybe we can riff on those for a few minutes and uh, see how that goes. Sound good, Layton? Let's go. Let it go. Okay, 2020 marketing trends. Number one I have down in here is artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence growing as a service Structure. A lot of people uh, know about it. They hear about it. They know that it probably makes their lives better through Netflix and through Disney Plus and through a host of a Google and a host of other services. But AI as a service through digital ads, um, that became uh, a service a couple years ago with uh, digital ads where you could have sort of AI optimize your digital ads, um, but also customer automation. So it's going to the the systems the big data is going to get smarter and smarter and smarter so this is not just a 2020 this is like a 2020s from 2020 to 2029 i believe that we're going to be in the decade of artificial intelligence we talk about it and there's people talking about it in the general public about how it's going to take jobs but and and it may very well take mine i'm not sure but Right now, it is going to make things easier on marketers to understand things and get data quicker on maybe the way a customer responds to things or digital ads, what digital ads, which headline makes sense, which which uh, graphic makes sense. So that is going to become more prevalent in 2020. Your thoughts, Layton? Uh
1: For me, as a small business owner, I I love it and I, I look forward to uh, just the 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 progression of this. I know. I have used tools that, um, that do have some automations and some workflows built in. Um, but if, if I, as I think about my customer experience, you know, people that are with me who are already paying customers, you know, if I can picture in my mind, a system that can see that they have something due, or there's a deadline coming up and will just automatically ping them with an email. And then can also see if they have, you know, physically done the thing that they're supposed to do. Um. You know, and, and systems that, that that are just you know smart enough to, to know all the things that need to happen. Um, I, I I love that as a as a business owner and as as a marketer because it just makes the customer's experience that much uh, better and that uh, you know takes friction out of it for me. So that's that's my thought there. Yes,
0: I agree with that and I see it only becoming a bigger trend in 2020 and then into this decade of. Everybody just looking to that and saying, how can I take and, – and what I, I was reading an interesting article the other day about AI as a service. So we've heard of SaaS, software as a service, and we have a lot of those. You use it for your investment clients. I use it in a host of different ways for, for uh, marketing. But AI as a service is going to get more prevalent as people start to kind of break down the walls and the barriers of fear – Is that, you know, when you start pumping your data into, you know, Microsoft and, you know, all these other engines that are out there, they'll come back with optimized concepts and ideas or, like you said, automations that will just take care of it for you. So if a bill is due or if, you know, it will just be more seamless so you're not having to do so much manually. That's not a new concept, but it is going to become, I think the fear barrier in the next five years is going to break down and people are going to be so much more comfortable with pushing their data, their customer data into an AI engine so that it can make them better and can, you know, bring them more revenue. So um, good stuff there. Uh, Trend number two, this is a big one that I believe in, but I, I do believe that there's two in here that we're going to talk about. Um, that I, I think are customer experience heavy. But the second one for me, number two here, marketing trend is giftology. So gifting customers instead of spending on ads. So what I mean by that is I think more marketing budgets are going to, marketing and advertising budgets are going to go against gifting, smart gifting for customers instead to build word of mouth and to build, that rapport with your customers to show them it's more personalized, to show them that you care, instead of maybe spending that extra hundred thousand on some digital ads, on some banner ads that spam people, can you can you take some of that money and then direct it towards gifting your clients? So your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, it's the ultimate direct response, right? So uh, on, in a way that a banner ad may not be measurable, the, the ROI on a banner ad that may not be measurable, the, the ROI on a gift you can track pretty well like you can see I, I, I spent this much on this customer and here's what they did in return um, even though you know gifting is 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 for for building goodwill that ultimately will will lead to more sales but um, but but I think the the ROI is is very very real um, also it I think it it we talk a lot about needing to tap into people's emotions in, in a smart, uh, personalized, uh, gift giveaway or, or a tailored, you know, thing that somebody can hold, um, you know, that, that creates a bond. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think a lot of people
0: or, or some people probably right now are listening and going, but how does that scale? Like, how do you do that? If you have millions or thousands of customers, uh, honestly, I think it's just, investing back into those customers and as we talked about number one i think ai could service that need for marketers and for advertisers as we head into the future so that you know could you have and i'm sure that this exists today i just don't know about it but do you have an ai um, gifting technology that's patched into your crm and when as the crm gets smarter and says, oh, this this uh, customer of mine is really fond of Broadway, or really fond of the Boston Red Sox, or really fond of Manchester United, or whatever it is that it learns that, and then it says, hey, I have up to a threshold of money to spend on this customer, so I'm going to buy them something nice. And does an automation, does an artificial intelligence machine in the background do that in the future? I don't know. So I guess we'll see, right, buddy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I know from my experience of, of having, you know, salespeople who have called on me, it's, it's very obvious that, that they, that they track how much business you're doing with them. And, you know, once you hit so-and-so in sales, you know, they have this gift coming to you. Once you hit another threshold of sales, they have this gift coming to you. So I know, I know there is a, there's an infrastructure for this uh, in place already, but um, what I think is, is going to be the, the, the new dawn is is what you're talking about where where uh, some system goes out and scrapes somebody's LinkedIn or somebody's Facebook to see you know who are they following, who do they cheer for what what are they interested in, and then can can deliver uh, personalized things based on that.
0: yep, absolutely. okay, uh, number three, number three on my list uh, for twenty twenty marketing trends is texting will only grow. So you're seeing this out there right now with really you can always tell when something is coming or and, and will be more mainstream by the really good digital marketers, the the guys, the guys and girls who are on YouTube and who are on all the social platforms every day with multiple pieces of content. You're seeing that text numbers are starting to show up more and we learned. So, so he, let me rewind the clock for you late and tell you a little bit about, so we're at the beginning of like 2019 and it, for about six months, I'd been pushing my team saying, we got to get into texting. Like people don't want to, I'm not sure about phone calls anymore. I'm not sure. I'm sure we're connecting phone calls and we were kind of hesitant and really, you know, again, it, it's sort of like the fear setting in of, we don't know this, So we don't know if we want to do it yet. We won't know if we want to spend money. So finally, about six months later, at the beginning of 2019, we were like, all right, let's just take a shot. So we trialed a product and we started to text people. The phone started to blow up. The texting, the text custom number, which what I mean by that is when we would text outbound and say, hey, Susie, your invoice is due this week, or hey, thanks for coming to... Blank event we hope you had a great time if you need anything call us back at this number which we put a custom phone number in there so by the end of 2019 it was the number one responded to phone number so yeah. instead of it being a custom phone number that came from another from a print piece or some other you know from a TV ad or a whatever a digital ad anything so even the Google trackable numbers the number one marketing trackable number that we had was coming from our text engine. So I think it's only going to grow. It's only going to get bigger. I think the next phase is going to be how to make it truly personalized because there's all these peer to peer services that are out there. But I I think we're just, we're already at the place where people just don't want to get these spammy phone calls anymore. I mean, honestly, if I asked you right now, Layton, how many times, do you answer the phone when it's a number that is not already
1: logged into your phone? I just don't anymore. Like earlier in the year, I just decided that's just not, I'm just not going to do it because it was, it was all junk. And now Apple has put a thing on the phone where, you know, it'll sort of anticipate what might be spam and, and what might not be. And you can actually just block out potential spam calls, which, which bit me because one of my kids' schools was calling one day. So I had to turn that off, but um, but, but no, I don't, I don't want to call from somebody that, that I don't know. Um, right. and, and I think you're right that, that texting is, uh, I think there's just going to be new ways to apply that. I, I can think of one relationship that I have. We bought a Peloton bike earlier in the year right. and we, we use their, uh, you know, their 0% financing thing through a company called Affirm. Affirm is their, is their vendor partner. Affirm. I'd say 10% of what I've done with them has been on an actual computer and 90% has been through text. Huh. So when, a pay, when a payment's due a couple of days before, um, they send me a text and they say, hey, if you want to make your payment now, uh, just hit you know, reply with pay. And uh, you know they've got a card on file for me, a debit card on file for me, and, and they yep. just hit the debit card for, for that month's payment. It is so easy. Uh, so I think we're just going to see more and more of that.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I mean, in in addition to that, I just want to throw out like an honorable mention here is smart apps and and just apps getting more like Amazon or tonight we ordered a Domino's pizza for our kids. And I mean, I don't have to call Domino's. I don't have to go through that nightmare. Um, I did it all through the app. It had my card already saved it had previous orders already saved we knew exactly what we order for our kids I mean just the the whole idea of these frictionless non-conversational transactions is only growing Um, and it only will get bigger so it's how can your business get into that or be on the forefront quicker because the phone the actual phone conversation while it is valuable from time to time it is it is dying or dang nearly dead
1: i don't know um one yeah, question one ahead. question i have about that drew is is where the the mobile experience um you know the mobile relationship interaction is for uh, somebody who's not a huge brand so the dominoes the starbucks of the world they have mobile ordering um, and service down just i mean they're they they're incredible yeah um, it's super easy I've I've used some local vendors here, you know, some local restaurants, you know, mom and pop type places locally owned who offer, um, you know, a mobile experience through through some vendor. They have some vendor that that does it for them. And it's not great. Um, And so I wonder, obviously, there's somebody in that marketplace, you know, trying to offer that service. um, But it's compared to the big guys. It's just it's not getting it done. So. I think there's an opportunity there for, for somebody to come in uh, and, and offer, you know, some premium behind the scenes products so that local, you know, your, your taco shop and your, you know, whatever your oil change place, um, they can, they can create a mobile relationship with you.
0: Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of the door dashes and all these other apps that are out there as sort of a go between, between the restaurant and you, and, you know, great Um, but it's uber and amazon and Domino's and starbucks that it's a one-to-one you're dealing with the brand directly and they make it super easy so yes will there be vendors that can help more people it's also the so the last thing on this is it's also the intentionality of the brand itself it's that Mm -hmm. Are they going deep enough into the customer experience to understand that this experience that I'm giving them is not good enough? I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago because we have the ability through our app to have your tickets on there digitally. So you can buy your tickets, you can transfer them to the app, and you can have it on there. But it's kind of cumbersome to do it. So I was thinking the other day, how do I make this first? How do I educate that it's there? Then try to get it where it's easier to get them on there or to take it into less steps. But then, then that becomes a nice magical thing because then I don't have to carry these tickets that I'm worried I might fall out you know, they might fall out of my pocket or whatever it is, but it's the intentionality of the brand to say, this is so important that we're going to put a ton of infrastructure and time and energy into making this great. Like, Amazon and Facebook and Uber and all and Domino's and all these other ones, they you can tell they put the time in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah. OK. Number four uh, that had on here was I think this was one for you as well. Uh, content still makes sense. So. I think a lot of people probably asking themselves right now, are we still at the point of a couple of years ago of, hey, we need to be investing in more content, more podcasts, more video, more video over social microbytes, all everything. And I think the answer is absolutely yes. And it's because of this. The reason it's yes is because what content does is it builds a deeper relationship with the customer. So I don't think that will ever go out of style. Um, it builds a deeper relationship with the customer so that you can build more trust with them. So and I still think this I still think this rings true with the CEOs and the other companies that are out there that are producing content on a on at scale because they know that Also, it brings a level of stardom to the company or a level of stardom maybe to the individual or CEO that it's kind of like I want to be associated with them. But it's also a trust factor. It's like I'm getting to know them. I'm getting there. We're almost building a friendship, even though we may not know each other directly. I'm getting to know you better. So we're breaking down the barriers of this. I'm not sure who you are on the other end. I'm not sure what your values are. Will content breaks down that barrier to, to understand values and who
1: the person is. So your thought. Your thoughts? Yep. Yep. Totally agree. And that's, that's one thing that I had on my list too, is, is that more content and more types of content. I know you've talked about it on the, on your podcast before, we just have to be doing more. And to your point, uh, you know, content is your, your no like and trust, um, you know, fuel. Right. Um, and, and I think, that anything you can do that, that helps somebody find a new way to interact with your brand is good. So whether it's a podcast like this or um, if you have a product or a service that, that may need a little, you know, unpacking some YouTube tutorials, um, you know, chat so that people can jump in and and, and talk instantly with your brand. I, I think there's just so many different types of ways to create opportunities for people to interact with your brand. Um, and and again, just so that it, it helps build that trust and build uh, people's connection and relationship to you. One guy I follow um, is, is a local business owner who does car detailing and he he gets on Instagram and, and he shows like taking this little steam cleaning gun to like the steering wheel of a car. And, and, and I could watch this for hours, just him like steaming out upholstery and, 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 you know, you know dashboards and stuff like that but what it's it's probably nothing to him to do that but what it shows me as a viewer is you know the detail that he um that he goes to 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 get cars looking good and then also you can see the before and after you know happening in real time so it, it's fascinating to me i mean i know where i'm gonna go if i ever need a car detailed. it's gonna be this guy um right. so and that's just because he you know opened up his camera and, and filmed himself doing the 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 work that he does day in and day out so I think that can be applied to any number of businesses, uh, large and small. Yes.
0: And it's still a barrier for or it's still uh, again, we're talking about barriers or fear a lot in this episode. But that still is a fear for a lot of brands is do I let people in? Do I show them the dirt? Do I show them um, the ugly behind the scenes? But I think that I think there's only a case study out there. I think it's it's only a winning case study at this point that says, yes do it show people the behind the scenes because you're only going to get people that have an affection for you because you're because they understand you're also you're human and you're you know you have flaws too so um, I think contents only gonna continue and I, I think I know you're agreeing with that, too, but I think it's what our brand's going to do with it. Are they going to finally decide after these few years of people doing it that they're going to actually take the leap? So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back and uh, finish up with our list of 2020 marketing trends. This quick break in the show is brought to you by Podcorn. I talked about Podcorn before. I absolutely love it. It is helping me as a podcast creator connect with brands. So it's a marketplace where you can connect podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host reads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. So with Podcorn, there is no middleman. So podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never have to give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you, and I can agree with that. I have shot Podcorn a few notes and just for help, and they have been awesome. So again, go to Podcorn.com, and if you go to Podcorn.com slash podcasters, that's the place to get started. If you are a podcaster and you want to get connected to some cool brands that want to sponsor your show, there's like... There's companies of all types on there, female brands, male brands, different tech brands. It's pretty cool. So, again, podcorn.com slash podcasters. Check it out today. I think you'll love it. It's a uh, it's a great service. Okay, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Leighton, are you with me? I'm right here. He's here, man. He's here. He's in. OK, uh, we're on to number five now. We're on to number five. Twenty twenty marketing trends episode here. Um, social. But the big thing on everybody's mind right now is will TikTok become one of the big players, um, which is a very interesting debate right now. Um, I would probably lean towards yes, because I've been watching it. Um, I've been watching it a little bit and how people are using it. I think it's it's very akin to uh, Vine or Instagram Stories, um, which obviously kind of came from the Snapchat vibe. But I, I think Facebook will, will continue to do well. Twitter will continue to do well. It's obviously an election year, so that's going to play into some of what's going on over social. Um, Instagram will do, continue to do well. Um, but I think... What the big question is, as Snap has started to decline, is will um, will TikTok become one of the big players? And again, I think yes right now, but I think brands are just really going to struggle to figure out, especially traditional kind of, like you said, mom and pop, older, when I say older, like own, older ownership and all this other stuff, because even me and you who are in our 40s, like I'm looking at my 20 something colleagues that are like, dude, we need to get on TikTok. And I'm like, cool, go for it. I don't know what the heck to post, but you go for it. Um, And they're starting to get it. And we got we're getting a lot of views from some of these things. But I think that's the big question, Mark, not the question of will it become bigger and will it become more mainstream? But will brands truly understand how to use it
1: in 2020. I'm not
0: sure about that one. What are your thoughts on TikTok? Uh,
1: I agree with you. I think that it's going to be one of the, you know, one of the main ones. It's going to be there with Instagram. Um, I, I, I'm also with you. I just don't know how it's going to be applied. I think that, that people who are, um, who have brought it this far know how to use it, know how to interact there. But, but for me as a, as a 40 something year old person, I don't have any idea how to get in there or how to create something that's not going to be completely cringy. Like that's what I've right. seen so far from uh, from just like mainstay big brands that have tried to to do TikTok stuff is just, it's just super cringy. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's room for it. And I'm and I'm, I know it's going to be a big player, but I think it's one of those things that is best left in the hands of people who who know how to operate there. Which, I mean, as a as somebody who's overseeing a team or something like that, would it's probably going to make people nervous, you know, sitting in in boardrooms and conference rooms. But um, but I think, um, you know, savvy people will know how to will know how to use that. So, yeah, I think it's gonna be big. Um, I think that (laughs) I think that if you don't know how to use it, you probably ought to stay off. What's interesting to me, too, and other things is (laughs) is is the only Like the only TikToks I've seen are those that have been shared elsewhere, you know, so um, I don't interact in TikTok. I don't have it on my phone. I don't have an account. Um, I only see their content posted other places. So uh, I'm I'm a little curious about that.
0: Yeah. And the only reason. So I've I've had like two or three stints on TikTok now just as as a, as a casual observer because I'm trying to figure out the the brands that I've been following is the other sports brands, um, NFL and NFL teams and Major League Baseball teams and uh, hockey. I think that the formula right now to kind of break in. So if people want like a simple kind of break in formula is find an everyday moment or find something that is, so it could be an everyday moment or it could be something that's um, amazing. And you're trying to almost have enough wit to have, to connect it to a song that's popular. So, um, for instance, it'll be like an NFL play where, um, I don't know, somebody will run down the like break away, run down the field and they'll stick their arms out to the side. And then all of a sudden you'll hear like the Titanic song break in (laughs) and it's funny. So it, it like it, what more, because TikTok has that sort of vine thing where it's like repeatable moments because they're only like 15 seconds long. So it's like, you're looking for these, these videos that people will watch over and over and over again. That's why the really hot thing on TikTok is to do these viral dance moves. And it's like so for most people out there, they're like, oh, my God, we're not going to do viral dance moves. But so the again, my millennial friends um, who are on my team have broken in with finding old Bristol moments that are like amazing wrecks or somebody throwing a helmet at somebody and they've stuck it to a funny like. a, a, a What's the best way to say it? A, a co- It's not coincidental. It's like something that taking that moment and saying, oh, I'm going to find the funny in this and I'm going to stick a song that, yeah, is ironic, I guess, maybe. Um, And and that's been a formula. But will TikTok be a big player? I think leaning towards yes. um, But how are brands going to make it work? I think that's still yet to be determined. So, um, okay, number six, buddy, uh, customer experience to build word of mouth. So. I kind of talked about this earlier with Giftology, but customer experience to build word of mouth. What I mean by that is more wow moments with your company. So um, I think you and I are both big fans and I've talked about Jesse Cole a ton on this, but there's a lot of brands. There's a lot of uh, business owners that are out there in the world that are creating really unique, special, remarkable customer experiences. And what's happening is that they're letting their customers through these wow moments be their marketing instead of spending tons of money on ads and creative and all this other stuff. So, and, and I think Jesse toll, tells a great story all the time that um, he was working with a group that sold homes and they're selling homes and they said, here's our experience. And he said, okay, what first find out what your customers hate, and then reverse it. So can you make wow moments out of those things? But then also the, the the experiential, like how do you make ordinary moments extraordinary? So how do you make, okay, the signing of the mortgage papers before you buy a home, how do you make that into like a red carpet, you know, uh, paparazzi? How do you make it something that is so memorable that they're going to go tell their friends you wouldn't believe what this company did, and can not any company can do this? Any company. So if you're listening to this point in this episode, you can do this if you will sit long enough and think about it. You can do this. So, Leighton, what are your thoughts on customer experience and word of mouth? Uh,
1: I, I I totally. It's funny as you were saying that about the signing the mortgage papers. I'm picturing like. Like a marching band in a a mortgage office. like You know, beating a drum and playing a trombone while somebody signs mortgage papers. Like, but it's the thing about this, about creating experiences for people is that, again, the whole goal is just to is to is to create a connection with people. But what they will then do is is go out, like you said, and they will be your marketing force. They will be your sales force. And what happens is they get to advocate for you in their own language with the people that they run with. So instead of, um, you know, putting out a a print ad or a banner ad or or something that says, okay um, we are the low cost leader and, you know, we're always on time and, um, you know, you know, it's it's guaranteed or your money back instead of telling, uh, you know, shoving stuff down your, your customers or prospects throats, um, your customers are telling people what's important about you, which I think is, is just exponentially more impactful. Yes. Um, And so I think, I think it would be super smart for anybody to, you know, we're right here at the beginning of the year, just take half an hour tomorrow and, and think about, what kind of experience can I create for somebody that they will talk about? Exactly.
0: Yeah. And there's a great book out there. Jay Baer has a book called talk triggers and really the entire book is case studies of companies that have done things like this made ordinary moments, extraordinary. And they've seen their, their businesses grow because their customers are doing the marketing for them. So I think you and I are both believers in that. So my last one, it's a little bit uh, we've talked about personalization a little bit but my seventh one on here 2020 marketing trends is micro audience targeting so it's actually it, it's kind of it's kind of what we're talking about more personalization more Doing what the customer wants. So if you like text, you get text messages. If you like phone calls, you get phone calls. But micro audience targeting all the way down to these affinity groups, I think that's only going to grow as automation and artificial intelligence is kind of wrapped into all this stuff. But personalization, I still think there's so many brands out there, so many companies that are not personalizing their emails, not personalizing their direct mails, not personalizing the phone calls, even to the point of, you know, it's, uh, Hey, uh, you know, it's a cold call and it's like, Oh, thanks Jimmy for picking up. It's like, you know, it, it has, it lacks a certain personalization and that has to stop. Like people have to get it that this isn't just a, this is more like a 2015 marketing trend that some, some brands and some companies still have not adopted, but micro audience targeting really getting down into the dirt, it's, it's the same thing again. Talking about giftology, doing one to one type stuff. Of, I'm gonna look at each customer because the the unique thing, Layton, and you know this because you you get the opportunity as an investment, you know, CEO as a com as a company, you have a very finite, you have a group, a core group of clients that you have that you can pay deep attention to. You know everything about them. You know their kids, their ages, like all these different things. Well, big companies can do that, too, if you're intentional about it. But it's about what do you do with that data? What do you do with the knowledge to really give your customers a personal experience? So that's my uh, soapbox on that one. Your thoughts? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's right on And and I'm going to step back a little bit, and I'm part of a network of financial advisory firms similar to mine. So primarily uh, one owner, you know, one employee kind of shops, kind of sole practitioner places. But there are some larger practices in this network, but um, it's 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 mainly people like me Um, and and what across a thousand firms like mine, um, what people say is. You know, one mistake they made or what, what they wish they had done earlier was really bear down on a niche, like really figure out who they want to go after and and aim everything pour all their resources into that person. And it's not enough to say, um, well, we want to go after our niche is uh, women uh, or our niche is professionals that, that doesn't mean anything. Right. That's so, so broad. Right. Yeah. So a niche would be, um, would be uh, single mom tech executives in the Pacific Northwest. You know, um, it would be, you know, just very, very specific, um, you know, details and demographics about, about a group. So, yeah. um, I, I think that just goes back to, to, to that in that, um, you know, Seth Godin has a has a line that says, you know, marketing is um, people like me do things like this, or people like me buy things like this. Mm-hmm. And so, so the more that your brand uh, can connect with someone and say, hey, we know who you are, we know exactly who you are, not in a creepy like Big Brother way, but in a like, yeah. we know you, we see you, um, and there are other people like you who do this, who buy this, who use this service, who invest in this. Um, Yeah. That personalization, that, that deep, we know you, we see you and we have something for you. Um, I I just think it's um, everybody's, everybody wins when, when that's the situation.
0: Yep. I agree. And I have nothing more to add. That was very well said. So Um, good. Well, those were, and, and like I said, Layton had a couple that were kind of uh, crossovers with mine, but anything else that that's come up, anything else you wanted to
1: add, buddy? No, that's it for today.
0: Okay, man. Thanks for being on with me again, Layton. And thanks everybody for listening out there to the marketing that works podcast, Uh, hit the show notes. I'll throw a few uh, notes, a few things that we talked about in here, but Uh, We wanted to discuss 2020 marketing trends or just some thoughts from our side, but love to hear from you as well uh, at Drew Bedard on Twitter, at Drew Bedard on Instagram, or just find me anywhere. And of course, rate and review the show if you can. And it's ratethispodcast.com slash marketing that works. We will catch you next week uh, once we've had a week of 2020 to understand that we'll totally change the marketing trends. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Layden. We'll just yeah. we'll just change the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. We'll do part two next week. No, just kidding. Um, all right. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.